Episode 162, Integrate Technology the Right Way. I'm Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. Thanks for tuning in, coming back every week, learning more lessons along with me. And you know, I refer to you as an elite educator because that really describes someone who takes time out of their free summer schedule to hone their craft, learn lessons, challenge themselves, connect with others. And I think that describes you. I mean, why else would you tune into a podcast like this one? So I'm honored that you value the show. Thank you so much. As you can imagine, I've been busy learning another lesson. Can't wait to share this one with you because it has been a pain point for me as a teacher. And once I left the classroom, I saw what a big issue this really was. And I can get on my soapbox on this one. So hang in there for a minute. This particular episode is especially for new teachers as we talk about technology and how it can make or break your success in the classroom. So definitely lean in close. Uh, But if you aren't a new teacher, don't you worry. I got you because this truth can turn things around for you too and set you free to be your best. So everyone needs to stay tuned in. Let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. So a quick housekeeping reminder. Next week, baby Bridgers number two should be arriving. That means we're going to an every other week schedule for podcast episode releases until I'm no longer, you know, sleep deprived and (laughs) back to somewhat functioning normally. Y'all just pray for me. Two under two is a spoonful of blessing with a sting of hell. (laughs) At least that's what I hear. So feel free to spam me, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com, with any of your parenting advice for kids that are close in age. I'm excited for today's episode because I get to talk to new teachers. Y'all, it's been so long, like since episode 148, where we talked about you don't have to do it all. And that was in April. I don't know why I made you wait so long for an episode just for you. How dear me. I swear it's not on purpose, but I do try very hard to kind of be authentic with my inspiration for creating podcast episodes, and some topics just lend themselves better to leaders or teachers in distress, but most of all, just an all-encompassing topic for every educator. But today, today is all about you. And it's not that no one else can benefit, but if I had known the truth that I'm going to share with you today, when I first started, I could have avoided so many rabbit holes, frustration, feelings of drowning and all sorts of what I call edu pizzazz. (laughs) You like that term? It has a little ring to it, I think. So the rationale for this episode, and I know you're not going to be surprised by where I found my inspiration this week. Actually, it was a while back, but thanks to my iPhone notes app, I jot down ideas when they hit me. And this one comes from one of my favorite learning places of all time, 
ding, 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 Twitter. I know the last few episodes are stemming from social media interactions and Maybe it's because, you know, I'm hot and huge this summer, the Carolina heat being nine months pregnant and not as active as I used to be. But nonetheless, I mean, Twitter seriously is full of powerful, innovative, inspiring educators. So it's really not a horrible place to hang out. So I came across this tweet by a guy named Dave Carty. His handle's at Dave Carty on Twitter. And he is a network administrator, a Google certified trainer, a a certified Google suite administrator for Kentucky's second largest public school district. So if you're from Kentucky, whoop, whoop. And he also is a husband and father of three. You can find him on his own website at schooledintech.com. And I'll put all this in the show notes so you can find him later. But anyway, Dave quoted this powerful statement from none other than Perry Marshall. And if you don't know who he is, really quick, Perry Marshall, he's this American online like marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author of several books, Forbes magazines endorsed him. Like in essence, he's just a huge influencer in the tech field and obviously a thought leader. And he's actually one of the most expensive business consultants in the world, which is pretty cool. Okay, okay. So back to Dave. So he quoted Perry. This is what he said. No one who ever bought a drill wanted a drill. They wanted a hole. To which Dave then took that quote and made the connection to education. And he added on, it's not about the tech. It's about what we use the tech to do, learn, or accomplish. And the hashtag he used was hashtag ISTE18. So that let me know he was chiming in on a specific chat at that time. And if you haven't heard of ISTE, that's International Society for Technology and Education. It's an amazing conference if you ever have the chance to go. I'll also leave a link for that in the show notes. So let me address two things about this tweet. I love, love, love the analogy of this drill that Perry introduced because he couldn't be more right. No one seeks tools for the sake of the tool, but they seek it for the work that can be done because of the tool. It's the difference between something you need and something you want. You know, the drill is needed in order to get what you want, which is hanging a picture or fixing a piece of furniture or whatever. Secondly, I couldn't agree more with Dave's add-on about how technology tools can be looked at from the same perspective, because you don't purchase a specific piece of technology for the sake of having that piece of technology. I mean, okay, maybe an iPhone because I'm a little addicted to those, (laughs) but you invest in technology because of what it can do for student learning, or at least that's the point of this whole podcast episode, because if it's not moving the needle on student achievement, then we're using tech to use tech instead of using it to help students learn. And that's a big difference. So let's dig into that idea a bit more. The technology myth in classrooms today is a trifecta. One, if students aren't learning on a tech device and they aren't learning at all, Two, if teachers aren't incorporating technology into lesson, then they aren't effective. And three, if schools aren't outfitted with the latest technology devices, then they're behind or they're broke or they're just operating with an old school mentality. These three assumptions couldn't be further from the truth. So let's walk through these myths one by one and uncover why it's an inaccurate assumption. 
So first, students are capable of learning at high levels regardless of tech integration. You know, students can perform at a high level by completing inquiry-based projects and researching educational concepts without a computer, you know, like going to a library, checking out a book. And there are plenty of classrooms across our nation that don't have access to technology for at least every student. And somehow those students can still perform. I know, I know you can't even imagine what that must be like. Must be a miracle. But we really shouldn't handicap kids by making them think they can only learn on a device. This is a crippling mentality that puts so much emphasis on a device instead of a student's brain. They have to learn to collaborate and collect clues and formulate sound judgments and follow their gut and intuition. I think about GPS. I know that that has taken away my confidence and just navigating a new city or just remaining present, you know, going on a new route. And every time I research on Google, I'm really diminishing my own ability to think through problems and create solutions. I'm, I'm taking away my own brain power by putting all of my eggs into a tech basket, so to speak. And for what? Because it's instant, because it's quick, because I don't want to think. And I'm not saying that you can't hone your brain by using technology, but that's not what we're seeing in classrooms today. There's a lot of tech misuse And that is really where the rubber hits the road. So here's what teachers should do to integrate tech the right way. That way all students are learning effectively. Teachers should provide a variety of ways to learn the same content. I know I need to hear it and see it and experience content multiple times before I can truly digest it. You know, I really would benefit from a teacher that introduced a concept themselves, provided some support as I was kind of trying to apply that concept, and maybe even incorporated a hands-on visual way, maybe through technology, to reinforce the concept. So teachers don't have to use tech every day and every lesson every time. Sometimes teachers want students to uncover a concept prior to instruction, you know, like a preview or pre-learning activity, and they can use technology. Or sometimes the teacher wants to showcase a concept in action, you know, after introducing it through a short video clip or a song, and it helps bring it to light. Or sometimes the teacher wants to assess students in an efficient way rather than paper and pencil and chooses the tech route. Regardless of where and when technology happens in a lesson, students can and will learn without it. In fact, it's of the utmost importance that students learn to grapple with difficult content and, you know, rely on their own brains and collaboration with each other rather than going right to the device. So teachers should encourage students to learn tech-free as often as possible and only turn to tech once a foundation has been established. You know, teachers are creating learning habits in students, so it's really important that we model and preach authentic learning. And in fact, as I was surfing Twitter while gathering my notes for this episode, I came across a visual from Casey Bell. Her website is shakeupleadingbook.com. And she said, learning how to learn is one of the most important skills students can acquire to thrive in today's world. Now, there is something to be said about preparing students for the future in a tech world, and I'm not diminishing that reality, but I am stating kids are capable of showing astronomical growth in academics without even touching a device. Students can and will learn without technology, and that's a fact because... Look at the generations of folks that came before your current students that learned at high levels and became successful contributors to society before tech was even a 
thing. And here's my major pain point. Don't assume because a device is in a student's hands that they're learning. There are too many fun games, great music, visuals that are just passing the time or, you know, the instruction is just at a low level. That's not a good use of instructional time, of technology use, or teacher direction. Your students will be just fine if they do not have access to the latest and greatest technology trends because they have you, a fabulous teacher. You know, maybe I'm just a crazy person, but when I walk into a teacher's classroom and the kids are in nice and tidy rows and everyone has a Chromebook or whatever and they're all working and it's just silent and splendid and everyone's so proud to show off like look at all this technology we have and everyone's on a different level doing whatever they need to do to reinforce their skills and I'm like this is flipping boring like why do they show up to school so they can sit with a device by themselves like no get them interacting they can do that at home and bring their learning with them to class so that they can apply it with their hands and use their minds and use their words and, you know, learn together. Like there's just, it's so isolating. Technology can be so isolating because it can be differentiated. And I just worry that it's not what is best for kids. Why, why host a class when everyone is sitting there like robots? You're like, okay, everyone sign on to your Chromebook for 30 minutes and do your individual lessons and I'll pull a small group and no one talk, you know, keep it quiet and put your earphones in. It's like, oh my God, like we're just, we're missing it. It's not that what the website they're on is not great. It's not that we're not differentiating enough. It's we're just not utilizing it in the way that really helps enhance kids' skills. If they just need to sign on, log into a device and work for 30 minutes, that can be done anywhere. They don't need you for that. They don't need to be together for that. Like, let's not waste the opportunity to learn together in the classroom by shoving technology down their throats for the sake of, look at all the technology I have. I'm the world's greatest teacher because I can say I have one-to-one iPads. And it's like, great, but what are you doing with them? And are you making smart choices? And are you really enhancing the instruction? And are kids actually learning with each other? learning from each other's ideas, learning from each other's mistakes, or are they just sitting in some fake technology world, playing all these games, reinforcing skills, trying to beat themselves? It's like, no, y'all, no, 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 no. We we got to do better. We can't just say, oh, yes, use this technology. Check that teacher's proficient or excellent or whatever your rubric says. It's like, why? Because the kid's holding a piece of technology? No. It's like, what can they do because of the piece of technology? How is the lesson going further? How is the student being challenged? How are they better off because of? What is this device doing that the teacher cannot do themselves? Speaking of, there are plenty of effective teachers that don't even use technology. And that isn't to say that they're incapable of using it, but strong instruction is teacher-made, not tech-made. The brain and talent behind the teacher who designs the instruction is the motor to student learning. You know, just turning on a device or simply passing out a class set of Chromebooks does not magically give a teacher instructional power to thoroughly teach standards differentiated to student learning abilities. So if a teacher isn't using tech, it doesn't mean they cannot create engaging, accurate, differentiated lessons that are best for student achievement. In fact, it probably is a sign of a well-trained, confident, knowledgeable teacher who can withstand the test of time. But here's what teachers should do to integrate tech the right way. 
Don't be intimidated by technology or, you know, what the latest trend is or even what everyone else in your building might be doing. Because when you plan a lesson, just think to yourself, is there a tool that can teach this better than I can? If there isn't, then design your lesson with your own creativity and talent. But if there is a great website or an app that kind of adds some flavor perspective to a topic and it's done well, well, don't recreate the wheel, use it. Use it to enhance your delivery of the topic. Remember, technology is best used under circumstances where it can do what educators cannot. If it's simply a worksheet on a tablet, forget it. I mean, if it's a catchy tune that introduces like vocabulary or something, yeah, might as well use it. Kids might like that and may stick with them. That might help jog their memories, you know. So be the judge on whether the tech enhances student learning or is it just creating this passive engagement opportunity? Just because you use technology doesn't mean you used it well or used it correctly. It, so just ask yourself, does this aid in student learning in a way that I cannot provide or have not tried already myself? And if you use that guiding question as you plan, you can never go wrong. So the third myth was that schools struggle to keep up with the educational Joneses, so to speak. It's just impossible to trade out curriculum and manipulatives and other learning resources every year on a limited budget. That schools have limited budgets. We all know that. And schools certainly cannot keep up with changes in technology. That Those that happen overnight. So by the time they get, you know, approved by the district gods for some particular tech device, they get the order placed with the company, they receive the tech loot, and they begin to implement them, something newer and fancier has already come out. And so it doesn't mean that these schools are behind or broke or old school. It just simply means these schools have to make a long-term decision that's best for students. And just jumping on tech bandwagons doesn't make financial sense for a lot of schools. But here's what schools should do to integrate technology the right way. They can provide professional development to teachers so that they know how to implement technology so that it does enhance instruction and student learning rather than, you know, checking a box on an observation that, yep, technology was used. And then schools should provide support to teachers to help them research potential tech options and then choose, you know, what method is best for their current group of students. And lastly, schools should think about investing in technology that can provide consistent practice, you know, that develops lifelong lessons like researching, um, developing conclusions, comparing and contrasting evidence, rather than the ones that are like idly watching videos or completing a digital worksheet. So if schools are committed to integrating technology to prepare students for the future and to provide enriching instruction that's beyond the ability of the teacher in the time allotted, then they've got to develop a tech plan. And that states what the purpose of this tech integration is at their school site, how they plan to implement the plan, and then what technology opportunities are available to teachers and students for learning. So in creating a formal and thorough plan ensures that schools aren't willy-nilly throwing funds at any tech that flies by. And if all else fails, schools can invest in quality teachers and instructional practices that keep students' needs front of mind instead of relying on a device. And so going back to the basics doesn't put a school at a disadvantage. It actually showcases the strength of an administrative team that prioritizes what is best for students 
empowers its teachers to use their own talent and creativity to impart knowledge and supports all learners to become their best. So the presence of technology doesn't make a school great. It's how the technology is used that makes a school great. And if a school doesn't use it ever or often, does it mean that great teaching and learning isn't happening there? And here's how I look at it. The presence of technology is like a mask. It doesn't make a learner learn. It does not make a teacher teach, and it does not make a school high-performing. It's a myth, and you are now better equipped to not buy into that falsehood. And for the record, I think technology is amazing. I use it on a daily basis personally and, you know, to learn myself, but it is not the end-all, be-all to, to a person's intellectual potential. And we got to stop looking at technology as this antidote to higher scores and better-behaved students and stronger teachers, etc., Because it's not what you use, it's how you use it. And going back to Perry Marshall and his analogy of the drill, we don't buy technology because we want to decorate our classrooms with it. We buy it as a vehicle to learn. It's the proper use of the drill that unleashes its power. And it's the proper use of the technology that unleashes its power. Teachers and schools are the brains and the talent behind that proper use. So the power of technology integration is in the hands of educators and the daily decisions that they make so that they can unlock student learning potential through these unique learning experiences. Listen to Dave. He said it best. Think of technology, what we're using it to do to learn or to accomplish. Those three things, to do, to learn, accomplish. And so think about those things when you're deciding if technology needs to be part of your lesson. What is it helping students do, learn, or accomplish? And if it cannot strongly align in any of those categories, ditch it and design your own approach. Because at the end of the day, it is you that makes learning effective and students successful, whether you integrate technology or not. Don't let what I call tech FOMO diminish your impact on this profession. Be purposeful, intentional, and picky. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on how to integrate technology the right way. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. Empowered.